It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. More blasted rhetoric from the Banana Republic for people who think capital punishment isn't going nearly far enough. <laughs> Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. We have reached the end of another bruising week in Parliament and it feels like we have literally reached the end of the road, doesn't it? Only the weekend appears to stand between Theresa May and the totally hopeless oblivion of Tuesday's Brexit vote in the House of Commons. Even her own cabinet are begging her to come up with a plan that they can all hang their hats on and I'm not sure whether she's ever going to be able to do that. Yesterday, Amber Rudd led a delegation of senior ministers to Downing Street to ask for a proper plan to be put in place to salvage her leadership and the Brexit exit plan before the witching hour next week. But there doesn't appear to be anything she can do. Today, around 30 members of the government are off on a whistle-stop tour around the country in an effort to convince the public that the deal is worth doing and worth saving. But what exactly is the point, ladies and gentlemen? If you can help me out with that, I'd love to hear from you. 0344 499 1000. Surely the time has now come for us to collectively say to Theresa May, just go, for God's sake, go. Give it to somebody else to sort out and leave us all alone to stew in our own juice. Coming up a little bit later on, we'll be finding out just why it now takes on average three weeks to get an appointment with your local GP, just how much money is being stolen from ATM machines, and it is a staggering amount, and why West Yorkshire is the place to go for a cool holiday. 0344 499 1000. And because it's Friday, of course, it's time for another sparkling episode of the Perrier Awards, an homage to my broadcasting brilliance in the past five days. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Now, you might be forgiven uh, for thinking that something had actually happened in the past five days in Westminster. Don't forget uh, that on Monday, we were told that basically this would be the beginning of the countdown to the Brexit referendum debate, which was going to happen and be voted upon next Tuesday. We were told that we would have five days of intelligent debate, that we would have five days uh, of ministers laying down the law to other members of their own party. We would have Labour Party people talking about how great uh, it was and how they were going to be in support of a particular motion which might 
might actually salvage the country, which might save the Northern Ireland backstop. It all got derailed, of course, by the conversations that everybody was having about the legal advice, because, of course, the government tried to delay uh, releasing the legal advice. The government tried to stop the release of the legal advice. And the government, in fact, tried to deceive us all by saying, oh, don't worry about the legal advice. We'll give you a summation of it. And you don't need to see all of the papers and all of the things that were being said. That, of course, was completely and utterly wrong footed to do. Uh, and they were then themselves wrong footed by a motion that was passed in the House of Commons, which forced them into actually having to release the legal advice. And of course, when the legal advice in full was released, it became clear that in fact, the legal advice was that the backstop in Northern Ireland could never be removed, that we would always be in some kind of customs union with the European Union in perpetuity. Ever since then, Theresa May has been appearing on all manner of television shows. She was even on this morning. Uh, she was on the Today programme. Uh, she's been on Sky. She hasn't quite yet made it into the Independent Republic of Mike Graham because I suspect she thinks that she might be given a more difficult time than she gets anywhere else. We're now told this morning that the leader of the Tory backbenchers has told Theresa May to go back to Brussels for further talks next week so that she can avoid having the vote altogether. So Graham Brady is the guy who basically collects all the signatures uh, for the vote of no confidence in the Prime Minister. He has uh, failed so far to collect 48 signatures, uh, which would mean that she would have to be challenged for the leadership of the Tory party. But I'm going to say right here and right now, and we're going to talk to Bob Seeley MP very shortly to ask him whether he agrees, that surely the time has come now for Theresa May to literally just put up or shut up, because it looks to me as if she has now become totally incapable of not only not running the Conservative Party properly, but not running the country properly. We have been in stagnation now for weeks on end. The last five days in particular have been absolutely hellish to sit through, if you are a believer in democracy. We are basically being presented with a situation where we will never be able to win anything at all in Europe. We will never be able to win anything at all out of Europe, and we will never actually be able to get through the bill that she has negotiated, the Brexit uh, exit, as it were, at all. There's no chance that we can actually do anything at all with what it is that we think we have developed with Europe. European Union uh, leaders are looking at us and just thinking to themselves, well, if we just keep kicking them and kicking them and kicking them, maybe they'll give up on the whole idea. We are now actually being led down that particular directional path. We are now being led down a corridor at the end of which, basically, there is nothing. We are being told that we may not have Brexit now at all. People seem to have forgotten that over two and a half years ago, we had a referendum in this country. We were told that we had won the right to leave the European Union. We were told that the result of the referendum, 52% versus 48% meant that we were leaving the European Union. Since then, those who believe in remaining in Europe have said that it didn't count. They've said that we didn't know what we were doing. They've said that those who voted to leave were not given the proper information, that they were not given the proper uh, education, that they were not given all of the points of view that they should have had, that they were taken to task and they were made a fool of over the course of time. I have not been particularly strong-minded on any of this. I have always said that I didn't vote in the referendum. If I had voted, I probably would have voted to stay in. However, now that we have voted to move out of it, then that's exactly what we should be doing. We should be leaving the European Union and we should be preparing to leave the European Union on March the 29th and that should be the end of it. The idea that we are still discussing the whys, the wherefores, the ins, the outs and the not so sure ofs about whether we actually leave at all is a complete and utter nonsense. I mean, only yesterday, Theresa May was being urged to call off the Brexit vote on Tuesday on the grounds that she would lose it by at least 100 votes. The Parliament has already now spoken and has said that if she does lose that vote, 
They will take over and Brexit may not happen. The truth of the matter is that there is nobody in the Palace of Westminster who actually wants to leave the European Union. I don't know why that is. I really can't understand why the MPs who represent the people of this country are not doing what they were supposed to be doing. I find it absolutely staggering uh, that we are able to put up with this for this length of time. I find it absolutely galling that we are supposedly not out allowed to have our say. I find it incredible that nobody is actually calling for Theresa May to step down as Prime Minister. So I'm going to do that now. I'm not doing the job for Jeremy Corbyn. I'm not doing the job uh, for anybody in the Liberal Party. I'm not doing the job for the House of Lords. I'm not doing the job for Tory backbenchers. I'm certainly not doing the job for anybody other than those people who actually voted with good heart and in all honesty to leave the European Union. And they are not being given their democratic right. They are not being given the right to do what they should be able to do, which is to act upon the referendum that they were given a choice in. And I find it absolutely unbelievable that nobody, but nobody, is willing to stand up and literally call for the resignation of the Prime Minister. I want you to do that now, and I want you to call me. 0344 499 1000. Let's call a halt to this nonsense. Let's call an end to the pain, to the suffering, to the craziness that is going on. Let us, please, please, just put ourselves out of our misery find ourselves a new Prime Minister and move on to something else. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. I'm delighted to say that I'm getting plenty of support on Twitter uh, from all of you out there who think that I've finally come up uh, with the best idea that we could possibly have uh, about Brexit, and that is for Theresa May to just get out of office, to leave the Prime Minister's office right now and leave it to somebody who can actually achieve something. Steve says, absolutely, Mike. May has been Prime Minister for over two years. Can anyone name a single thing that she has achieved? I can't move her along and get a real leader in. Uh, John says, I've been advocating that the traitor May resign for at least 18 months. Months now, a car crash home secretary was always going to be a disastrous prime minister. Charles says, well said, Mike, I voted leave, but I'm not die hard. However, as you say, it's untenable that a vote will be ignored. Whatever the result, it should be respected. We were told it would be rerun until the correct result was arrived at, but I naively did not believe it. And uh, DLD says, spot on, Mike, enough is enough. Surely if the MPs have been holding back on overthrowing her, now is the time. Well, I think now is definitely the time because we have got to a point where, frankly, I'm fed up with all this messing about. We have a story on the front page of the Daily Telegraph, the Tory paper, saying, what now, Prime Minister? She literally doesn't have a clue. She's been told to go back to Brussels by the, uh, the Tory backbench chief, uh, who's telling her that she needs to renegotiate a better deal. I mean, the whole thing is a total and utter shambles. And I've been quite supportive of Theresa May up until now, but now, finally, I've had enough. Let's talk to David Davies, Conservative MP for Monmouth, to see what he makes of it all. David, a very good morning to you. Good morning to you, Mike. Thanks very much indeed for joining us. Now, I'm, I've, I've sort of come to the end of my rope here. You know, I've been quite supportive of Theresa May. Up until now, I've been saying, well, she's developed this deal. She's brought the deal, the deal home. Let's see her get on with it. But because she doesn't seem to be able to do that, what is the point of Theresa May exactly, David? Well, look, the problem isn't Theresa May. The problem is that there are probably a majority of members of Parliament who are unwilling to respect the result of the referendum. And yeah. that's why there are all these calls to hold it again. It's not Theresa May that's one of them. But there are a majority there, including, I'm ashamed to say, some Conservative MPs. 
Labour MPs, Conservative MPs, all stood on a manifesto commitment saying that they would respect the result of the referendum. Yeah. And some of them are now reneging on that. And that's why we've got the problem we have. Yes, but we've also got the problem we have because we have a woman in charge who does not seem to know the meaning of the word leadership. She has not led from the front, David. She has tried to please everybody and tried to keep everybody happy. And of course, the end result is that nobody's happy. Yeah, well, look, I don't want to put all the blame on Theresa May for that. I will say this. There are two things that I would have done differently if I'd had any role in this whatsoever. Mm. The first is that I would have prepared for no deal straight away. The moment we declared Article 50 tw- two years or so ago, yeah. we should have been saying our, our main option is going to be... Well, why, did, well, why no didn't she do that, David? Well, I don't know why not, because I think that there, there was perhaps a, a belief that a deal was going to be much easier to achieve than it was, mm. and that therefore they wouldn't spend the money. But of course, if we spent the money, if we'd spent, we spent around £4 billion preparing for no deal, if we'd spent twice that... Even if the money had been written off, they would have been coming to us cap in hand, I suspect, for a deal. And that would have been a good thing. Or we could have simply simply walked away. The second thing is, and this is something I'm not putting the blame on anyone in particular for mm. it. But there's been this feeling over the last two years, oh, we've got to get a deal. Because if we don't get a deal, then we're, we're all going to go to hell in a handcart. Yeah. Britain isn't really good enough. Well, you know, we are the fifth biggest economy in the world. Sure. We're 65 million people who are all buying and selling things with a reasonable income. The Australians have got about a third of our population, and yeah. they do perfectly well. Exactly. You know, and the Norwegians or whatever. So I think we should have been, we, we, we should be sounding much more self-confident. Mm. There should be a belief in this country that I don't see at the moment. I almost feel sometimes that somewhere in government the attitude is, oh, well, the people have voted for Brexit, so we better do something yes. about it. Even no, you listen, really David, you're absolutely and right. I, and you're obviously yeah. far too much of a gentleman to follow me down the road in which I'm trying to take you. And I accept that. And I don't expect you to, to, to rat on your own leader and all of that. However, I do believe that all of the things and all the criticisms that you're laying bare there at the government uh, are the fault of Theresa May. She was in charge. She was the leader. She's supposed to lead us into the promised land. That's her job. And instead, we're hanging about in the, in the sort of waiting room because we don't know quite which door to walk through. Well, I, you know, we are where we are at the moment, and it's very difficult when you've got a parliament made up of a majority of MPs who just aren't willing to, uh, to, to, to heed the will of the people and, and the result of a, of a referendum. Um, you know, I can't say whether I'd have done a better job or, or you or anyone else. Um, well, I can say we you couldn't have done... I, I bet you, David, you couldn't have done a worse job, that's for sure. Well... The point is, we're in striking distance now of having something. Are once we? we're out of the EU, well, yes, because once we're out, we're out. There's no going. Yeah, but back. I don't think we're actually any. Cl- I think we're further away from being out than we were six days ago. You know, well, look, look watching... on the bright side. Look on the bright. I'm trying side. Why hard. Are all those protesters, all those people who want us to stay in the EU. Why are they also desperate to vote this deal down? If it were that bad, as because they think, because they smell there. victory, David. I think. Well, they're trying to, but they're trying to vote the deal down. They they don't want any kind of a deal whatsoever because they know that basically, once we've it, once we've agreed that deal, if we do, and I have to admit it's a bit unlikely, but if we agreed that deal, then we would be legally out of the European Union on on, on at the end of March, and there'd be no going back once we're legally out. So my, you know, I don't particularly like this deal. I'll be honest with you. I would much rather have gone for a managed no deal scenario or some sort of Canada-style trading yes. arrangement. I can't do anything about that now. This is the only deal that that I can vote on. If we vote it down next week and it continues to be voted down, then we may get a hard Brexit or a no-deal Brexit, WTO Brexit, call it what you want. 
we may not get any Brexit at all because well, these people may get their way and run the whole Brexit. But that's, all that's, over again. that's my worry, David. I mean, when, when she came back with this original deal, I, like you, <clears> thought to myself, well, it may not be perfect, but at least it is a deal. At least it is giving people the exit from the European Union that they've asked for, that they voted for. Whether it's the exact kind that they want doesn't matter. The fact is, by the end of the March the 29th, we will be leaving the European Union under whatever terms that we have got now. But the problem is she has been so inept at pushing this deal through and has taken all of our time uh, over the past two or three weeks trying to convince everybody and losing and failing and being unable to uh, that we are now in a worse place than we ever were. I mean, yesterday, for example, according to the Telegraph, there was a crisis meeting called by Mrs May where ministers were offering her four different options and begging her to come up with an 11th hour plan. I mean, surely she's better than this, isn't she? Well, yeah, but the problem is we can call for her to come up with a plan or, or to end the backstop or give us more control over the backstop. That seems to be the suggestion today. But there's absolutely no guarantee that the European Union are going to listen. And they know, or at least they believe, that we haven't prepared for a deal. They also believe that there's no will in Parliament to leave the European Union. And they've been getting that message from other MPs, by the way, including, I think, from some in the Conservative Party who've been going over there separately and telling officials that, oh, you know, oh, Britain doesn't really want to leave and everyone's changing mind. And by the way, that's a load of rubbish because my inbox is full of people who voted to leave and are absolutely fuming about it, yeah. absolutely raging but about it. But isn't it time, David, isn't it time that those of us who believe in the referendum process, who believe in democracy, who believe uh, in doing the will of the people, just somehow grab the bull by the horns and drag it over the line because she seems incapable of doing that? Well, we'll find out, won't we? But, um, but I can't wait any longer, well, David. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've had we're it. Gonna have to, we're just going to have to. We're just going to have to hang in there because we haven't got any choice at the moment. If we all believe, we believe half the country and probably more than half the country now voted to. Well, sorry, more than half the country voted to leave the European Union. I think that's where people have been changing their minds. There are a lot of genuine Democrats out there who voted to stay in and have written to me and said, actually, the behaviour of the European Union since then has made me change my mind. I now think we should be leaving. All, all people who think well, that... Well, then, at least let, her, let her show the courage of her convictions then and say, all right, OK, you lot, let's do a second referendum then. Let's postpone leaving on the 29th of March. We'll do another referendum, only this time it will be so convincing to leave the European Union that we will do it straight away. Give the Europeans, you know, plenty of notice that we're going to leave the European Union the day after the referendum result comes in. And just do something positive, please. Well, I think the problem with that is it's not, you know, the, 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 re the problem is that MPs are not going to be necessarily any more willing to respect a referendum this time around than they were last time around. Why I not? The only... Well, because, uh, because they didn't respect the last one. I mean, people people who are on the losing side of that referendum have not respected the result. Yeah, they've but, spent the last two and years they have ruined the whole, and... trying to take it into the high court, undermine yeah. anyone. Oh, you know, the only people they so voted to leave, they're all elderly or they're working class. They read the Daily Mail, listen to programmes like yours, like. So we shouldn't respect them. That's been the attitude that's come out. It's been absolutely disgraceful. Yeah. Absolutely disgraceful attitude. Well, it's time to, to call these people. It's time to call these. Isn't it time to call these people out? Find somebody who can lead the party into the promised land and get rid of her straight away as soon as possible. At the moment, the the uh, the Conservative Parliamentary Party contains. Enough people who support the European Union and are willing to vote for it under any circumstances, like Dominic Grieve, for example, with his amendment, that it would be very difficult to do that. There'd be no majority there. So she's she's the numbers are balanced on the edge of a pin, really, yeah. and 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 that's why she's in such a difficult situation. I just want to bank what we've got. 
I knew, actually, that they, the establishment, in all its widest definition, were going to make it really, really difficult to carry through on this. Yeah. You can see him fighting back. So I just think if we just get this through next week, I admit it's rather unlikely on the numbers, but if we get something through, we've got that in the bank then. And once we're out legally, there's no going back. The thing that, the thing that gives me optimism is just how desperate, how hysterical the cries have become from the, from the sort of let's stay in the EU regardless of the referendum result people. Mm. Look how desperate they are to vote that deal down. That should tell us that perhaps that actually is, is the best option that we've got at the moment. Their yeah, but it's not, it's not going exactly ahead. something to stand up and cheer about, is it, David? No, it's, not, it's not. I'm not cheering. I wouldn't stand up and cheer about it. I don't think it's a very good deal at all, as a matter of fact. I'm not talking I, about I the mean, deal. I, I'm just talking about your kind of willingness to just hope for the best. I mean, that's what we're looking at here. Well, yeah, all right. I mean, I, 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 I'm with you. You know, I have to, to take that on the chin. You're probably right about that. But it's the only option we've got. But the options are, if we vote that deal down on Tuesday and then vote it down again when it comes back, because I presume it is going to get voted down on Tuesday, actually. If that happens, where do we go from there? We may end up with a no-deal Brexit that you and I would quite like. OK, I'm yeah. not sure we're fully prepared for it, but we will we'll get through that. We may get that. And that, apparently, is what the legal position is. That's what Jake Rees-Mogg will tell you, and I've spoken to him about it. He's very, very convinced that will happen. On the other hand, we may find that these other, this majority put uh, in place amendments, they'll want a referendum, they'll want to jiggle around with a question to make sure that they win it this time, they'll put all the money into winning it, uh, and they'll probably chase, get the authorities chasing up anyone who tries to organise a, a, a proper um, Brexit campaign. They'll do absolutely anything they can to stop it, and that's why they're determined to vote it down. And they're determined, that they, they think they can win this by voting the deal down. Now, the, now, both sides can't both be right. The pro-EU lobby want to vote this deal down, and Jacob Rees-Mogg's group want to vote this deal down for different reasons. Right? So, the, so one side has called this very badly wrong. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean it know, seems as though right yeah, somebody's called it badly wrong, somebody's put the wrong person in charge of it, and now we're all suffering. But listen, David, we've got to run. I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much indeed. David Davis, Conservative MP for Monmouth, the man uh, that talks sense, uh, but unfortunately, like a lot of the MPs in the Houses of Parliament, isn't really in a position to do anything about it. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. You know what to do. 0344 499 1000. We'd love to hear your opinions this morning because we've had a week, basically, of complete and utter nonsense from the Westminster uh, pile of nonsense themselves. Uh, Here's one from Chris who says, if the first vote wasn't a so-called people's vote, uh, what the hell was it? And Andrew says, I think if there is a loser's vote and they win, it'll be down to leave voters staying home because if they did go out and vote, it's legitimising the loser's vote. Well, hopefully that won't happen. But if there is a second referendum, and we seem closer now to that, Uh, than perhaps we've ever been Uh, surely it has to be between remain uh, and leave simple as that don't make it into three don't complicate matters for heaven's sake let's talk to Steve who's in Leatherhead hello Steve that's me Steve hello Mike yeah hi how you doing what do you want to tell us yeah yeah hello mate Uh, great show thank you about time somebody came on the airways and actually said what you've been saying yeah well it Um, is about time isn't it it is about time, mate. You know, I've uh, I've been with you since you started here, and it's great. Honestly, it's good. Well, I'm very glad. I'm very glad. It's, it's refreshing. The, the, the woman needs to go. There's no there's no sort of one steering the ship at all. No. Um, I would say, you know, I, I I know he was given the job, but David Davis at least might have a grasp of it, mm. and maybe as an interim prime minister, but to get us through this, but to give it all away and then stay in the union that we are. We won't have any a say, a say in what's going on. Right. You know, in the worst situation than we've ever been. Of course, I mean, anyway, I'm a great believer in leadership and the fact that you have the strength of your own personality to make things work and make things happen. She has none of that. Absolutely. When she stood out, outside Downing Street the day she got made prime minister, and she gave us all that waffle about, you know, how things are going to change. Yeah. I thought, oh, for a minute there, I thought, hello, we got to make, maybe we got. To, I gave it the benefit of the doubt, yeah, put it that way. Right. And uh but no, it's all gone all gone uh, bottoms up and uh, <laughs> Well indeed. Pear shaped I think we can say. But the bottom yeah. line is as well, Steve, that you know, all of this is of her own making because it started off where we were in a much better place than this, but she has every at every turn made things worse. At every possible chance she's had to make it better, she's managed to go down the wrong road. Yeah, yeah you're absolutely right, mate. Crazy. Absolutely and, crazy. Thanks a lot. Good luck with the show. Thanks very much, Stephen Leatherhead. Let's talk to Chris, who's in Sirencester. Hello, Chris. Morning, Mike. Morning. What do you want to tell us? Well, first, I concur with everything you've been saying this morning, mm. but uh, I think we, we need to start asking the question of um, what jobs the Commission offered her for getting this deal through? Because there's no other logic mm. for persisting with this when everybody tells her it's a lemon. Right. She yeah, I know. Be it... some personal gain. And if you extrapolate that conspiracy theory, call it what you want, mm. then we're never going to leave because they wouldn't offer somebody a job no. from a country that's not in the EU. Exactly. No, I've always believed that we would never leave. However, uh, I thought to myself, well, if we get this vote through, uh, we will, in fact, at least have a, 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 a Brexit of one kind or another, even if it's not actually really a Brexit because we're still in a customs union. But at least we would have done something. But the problem now for me is she doesn't seem capable of even making that work. No. Well, you just got to look at her track record in the Home Office yeah. even. You know, what, what did she really do in the Home Office? Well, all she managed to do was create a hostile environment for the wrong people, by the sounds of it. Yeah, exactly. You know? we're, we're doomed. We're, yeah. And it's, it's sad, because I stayed up on the night of in 2016 yeah. watching the results come in, and yeah. I've never felt more elated in my life. Right. 
Right. I'm just so crestfallen. I know. It's just ridiculous. It really is. And and it's and it's and it's completely sort of banjacks the country. It's put us in a state of uh, of sort of general just you know nothingness you know we sit around not able to fix anything because all we're focused on is arguing about whether we leave the european union and it's created this kind of you know vacuum into which everything gets sucked and nothing gets done exactly Mm. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, shocking state of affairs. Chris, thank you very much indeed. Chris there uh, in Siren Sester uh, telling us uh, exactly how excited he was and how elated he was, which a lot of people were the night of the referendum because even Nigel Farage that night, of course, thought uh, that Leave had lost and that Remain had won. Uh, and then it turned out he'd got it wrong as well. All sorts of reasons why uh, Theresa May has put us in a very, very bad place and in a place where we have no business being because, quite frankly, Theresa May is not up to the job. I'm I'm sorry to say that I don't normally call for people to lose their jobs. But in this case, I'm afraid she has absolutely and utterly led us down a garden path into a cul-de-sac of nothingness where we can go nowhere. We can we can do nothing. uh, And we are now all but completely washed up uh, without any sort of hope of any sort of leadership taking us off the rocks. Here's one from uh, the Badger who says it looks like we'll just have to face the financial Armageddon and the future middle class riots over the last bit of brie. Crashing out is Brexit. Get on with it or face the consequences of the British people. Theresa the appeaser. It is a name well earned. Uh, here's one from Mr. Mack, which I can't believe, who says, I think now is the time to usher David Cameron back in as prime minister. He's the one who started this and he has to take the responsibility uh, of taking us out of the European Union. Well, I don't think there could be a worse idea ever proposed on any radio show in the history of radio. That's the, probably the most idiotic thing I think I've ever heard. 0344 499 1000. The last thing we need back uh, is David Cameron, just for good measure, by the way, uh, and just to wish you a Merry Christmas. It turns out that workers on South Western Railway have announced they're going to go on strike on December the 22nd uh, in their long-running dispute over guards. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that great? What a lovely time of year to go on strike, just when people are trying to travel home to see their relatives uh, for Christmas. A mid-morning dance with the devil. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. On Talk Radio. Now, you might say that uh, we're being robbed blind by the European Union and we're going to be paying them £39 billion every single year for the rest of time and nobody quite knows where the money's actually going. Uh, Well, that certainly is daylight robbery and we would like to stop it, please. We've already voted for it to be stopped. Uh, Theresa May doesn't seem to have a clue how to make it stop and doesn't seem to have a clue uh, how to do a backstop properly either. 0344 499 1000 is the number. I'm saying it's time for her to walk away. It's time for us to find a new leader, somebody who can actually lead and make us something uh, of... uh, um, a fist of actually getting out of the European Union, which is what we voted for. We'll take loads of your calls coming up shortly. Right now, though, uh, we're going to talk to Peter uh, Bletskley, uh, who is a former police officer, of course, uh, because an incredible figure came across the desk today, uh, which is that gangs who target cash machines uh, in the last year have struck almost twice a day, right, and stolen nearly, get this, £50 million pounds 
from the uh, from the ATM machines, which is an extraordinary amount of money. Uh, they're basically pulling them out of the wall, digging them out of the wall with JCBs, drilling them out of the wall, you know, drilling them open. It's an extraordinary story. Let's talk to Peter and find out uh, quite how often this is happening and how it's going to be stopped. Peter, a very good morning to you. Morning to you, yeah, and on some occasions, these gangs are actually blasting them out the wall. Really? They, they pump them full of explosive gas, ignite it, hoping to blow the machine quite literally out of the wall. So you imagine, when they're using diggers right. and explosive gases, you imagine the damage that it's causing mm. to the infrastructure of these buildings. Yeah, right. So the, the crime goes way, way further than the actual amount of money they're stealing from the machines. There's a damage to property. There's stolen cars, stolen plants that mm. they're using in the course of these crimes. Right. So, yeah, it's a significant issue. It really is. I mean, it's happening so often, according to the report I'm reading, Peter, that I'm surprised I haven't actually seen it happening. I haven't actually seen it in action, you know? Yeah, they're, uh, they're targeting quite a lot of rural areas, these gangs. Mm. They, they're willing to travel quite substantial distances. Right. They'll find a rural area with perhaps a post office or another kind of store with one of these machines embedded in the walls. And, of course, when they do blast it out, crush it out, batch it out, um, they cause a lot of disruption for the local community. Mm. So many of people, of course, of whom rely on that cash machine because they're in rural areas. And without that, it's causing a lot of inconvenience to members of the public. No, so, um, exactly. Now, is there any sort of, um, sort, I don't know, kind of link between all of the ones that do get attacked? I mean, aren't you say that quite a lot of them are in rural areas. Are they a particular type of cash machine? Because, you know, we've got the kind that stand alone now. We've got the kind that um, that sort of sit a little bit further back in the wall. Some of the other ones which are sort of more f- out, f- facing out, that kind of thing. I mean, does it matter what how easy it is to do? We've seen thieves adopt a variety of tactics. If you look at the standalone ones that sit in a shop, for yeah. example, mm. there's thieves that have tried to ram vehicles through the doors to then try and access it and pull it from its from its foundation. Right. We've seen ones that are actually built into the structure of the building, so they're invariably found at the front of the post office or the shop. Right. We've seen those blasted and hacked out. Um, they're it's a good revenue stream for these villains, unfortunately. Mm. So there's quite a degree of planning and sophistication that goes into committing their crimes. But what I would say as a slightly encouraging thing is that recent history has shown that when these gangs do get caught, they invariably get sentenced for a number of these crimes rather than just an odd one. And, uh, of course, the sentences they get are quite punitive. No, indeed. And, I mean, aren't these things protected by that smart water ca- uh, stuff that people get on themselves that they can't remove? Well, and security die, you see. This yeah. is one of the questions I'd, I'd probably like to ask the industry because the Bank of England want people that uh, have cash in transit to have these security die devices so that when a box is ripped from the grip of a security guard, for example, Mm. delivering cash, that activates the die, the notes get stained and are rendered, frankly, useless. Um, That is a question that I would ask of this industry. Are they rolling out smart water and contaminating die systems as widely as they possibly Mm. should? Because you'd like to think when an ATM gets ripped from the wall, suddenly there's going to be puffs of dye and smoke and all of that. And it would make it a less attractive 
criminal tactic for these bad guys. No, indeed. And I'm, I'm, you may or may not be able to answer this question, but is there inside of these cash machines a kind of a, I don't know, a computer or a disk of some kind which is collecting all the data from various different people's credit cards or debit cards? Well, the, the banks collect the data, and, of course, it's automated, and it's, uh, it's pretty much state-of-the-art. But, mm. of course, what the villains actually want is they want that stack of cash that they may even know has recently been loaded into that machine because they may be carrying out covert surveillance of their own to wait and see when the security company deliver the cash, when the machine gets fully laden, mm. so that they know it's going to be a profitable time for them rather than perhaps stealing the machine on, on the day when it's been virtually emptied. No, indeed. I mean, how much can you get out of one of those machines without wishing to encourage anyone to rob one? I mean, how much do they get when they are full up? How much is in there? Tens and tens of thousands of pounds, which is why it is such an attractive proposition to these people. You know, they they don't have to attack security guards, which, of course, always uh, levies a far greater jail sentence on you if you do get captured. They're essentially attacking, you know, an inanimate object Mm. in a property. Um, and, And they're doing it, generally speaking, in the middle of the night, stealing vehicles, high performance vehicles plant so this cuts across another crime trend at the moment the theft of plant and farm machinery and all of that um and what about the gas where are they getting that from uh that would be a question for them and i'm not going to encourage anybody who might be thinking oh okay all right well Um, that's probably a stupid question on my part my apologies but you know i mean you'd you'd have to be something of an expert to even know how to use some of that stuff wouldn't you well, they, you know, invariably these people are criminals, career yeah. criminals. So they don't get up in the morning like you, me, and all your listeners and mm. go to work or do something, you know, constructive to earn a living. They plan and plot and hatch how they are going to carry out crime mm. every waking moment of their lives. So, of course, they are, I have to reluctantly say, quite ingenious and inventive with their tactics. These tactics morph and change as security systems get put in place. But I do think that some some simple kind of built architecture, for example, if they start inserting whopping great concrete posts um, in front of these machines, you know, which perhaps would give us some kind of place where we can queue, Mm. um, you know, if they start, but there are built environment security measures that can be taken. And I'm sure that insurers are going to be saying to these shops and these card operators, how much security are you putting in place to prevent this? Because the insurers will be so, will soon start demanding it because they, of course, ultimately will potentially be paying out. No, of course. And I suppose one way of dealing with it would be to try and encourage fewer and fewer people to actually use them, i.e., you know, the cashless society, the contactless card and all that sort of thing, uh, the less cash you need, the less cash machines you need. Yeah, but if you're in a rural area and perhaps you're of a particular age and you're not of the contactless kind of mm. generation, then you are going to rely for your shopping on pottering down to that cash machine, say, once a week, getting your money for the week out and conducting your life accordingly. Mm. So, yeah, of course, we're moving ever more towards a a cashless society, which, of course, in turn is creating so many opportunities for fraudsters. Yeah. But that's a completely different uh, kind of story. No, it is. People still need cash and, and, and will do for the foreseeable future. So these, these, these people that host the machines, the people that design them, the people that install them, 
They've really got to get their thinking caps on now and, and be saying to each one another, what can we do to prevent this? No, exactly right. Peter, thanks very much indeed. Peter Blesley, uh, their former Metropolitan Police officer. Uh, some of the gangs involved in this stuff are really, really incredible. They've uh, been found with Uzi machine guns. They've been found with uh, bags and bags of heroin uh, stashed away. They've been found with thousands, tens of thousands of pounds uh, worth of cash. Uh, there was a family raided up near Rotherham, I think it was, just recently, uh, where they found all sorts of terrible, terrible things. Uh, and these, these guys have been going on a spate uh, of, of machine ATM machine theft uh, in Yorkshire, uh, in Humberside, all over the place. So it's a terrible problem. Uh, an awful thing to happen. Imagine taking 50 million quid of cash out of the system uh, and using it for nefarious purposes. Absolutely shocking. More gun talk from a water pistol from the farmer of fury. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. On Talk Radio. Just in case you think I'm going easy on Theresa May after calling for her to resign, I'm not. I'm just talking about a couple of other things. In the meantime, I still think she should go. Uh, wouldn't it be great if she left before the end of this show? Uh, sadly, I don't think that's going to happen. 0344 499 1000. She's not a woman uh, to be removed. I think you'd have to physically remove her yourself. You'd have to go into Downing Street, maybe with uh, an armed guard of two or two, uh, and say, excuse me, you'll have to come with us, uh, Mrs May, because we'd like you to leave office now. Uh, we are going to talk now, though, to Shane, who's in North Essex, who says according to what I've got in front of me here, uh, that he broke into a cash machine. Hello, Shane. Hi, how are you? Yeah, very well. Did you really break into a cash machine? I blew one up. Did you? Why? Yeah. Um, um, so I had a gambling addiction that needed to be fed. Right. Um, and uh, your last, the last person you spoke to mentioned about how these people are career criminals yes. and stuff like that. Right. And they go out and do it every single day, which... In my case, isn't the case whatsoever. Okay. Um, it's kind of an unusual I, way to get money, though, isn't it? I mean, it's not the first thing I would have thought of if I needed money possibly, to go. It's possibly the most easiest way to get a large sum of money. Really? Yep. Well, how do you blow? How do you, how do you go from just having a gambling problem to blowing up a cash machine, though? How do you know how well, to do so it? Obviously, um, just from a video on YouTube. You're joking. No, just the video on YouTube. So you use a, a kind of combination of two different forms of gases. Right. Um, and then you attach them to a car battery, which acts as like a, a detonator, in other words. Blimey. It doesn't create a fire. In other words, it creates a pressure bomb. Right. Um, you you place the hoses into the into the um, into the you know you know where the um, the money comes out at the front of the cash point. Yeah. Right? The little slot lifts so up. That's a little slot. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, you you jimmy that open. Right. Um, you put two different tubes inside it. Uh, I don't think I don't think we want to we want to be advising people exactly on how to do it. But mm. let me let me ask you this, Shane, because are, we don't want people to get the idea that it's an easy thing to do. But I mean, once you've done what oh, you do, how quickly do you? Yeah. I mean, do you just the thing does it come out into the street and you left? I mean, it's a bit heavy, isn't it? Uh, no, because you you obviously you're not actually taking the cash point. Oh, okay. You're just blowing it open. The cash. And you can take it. You can take the contents of a ah. cash point in under thirty seconds. Okay. How much was in there? Uh, just over two hundred forty thousand pounds. What? Just no. over two hundred forty thousand pounds. No yeah. way. It, it was a Friday night. They'd just been filled up for a, a quarter of a million um, quid. Yep. Uh, but it was all right though because I got caught. Down, I got caught two minutes later with it down the street. So. Two minutes later. <laughs> so you're yeah, not exactly a master criminal then. The 
that's what I said. I did it once, made a mistake, served, served a lengthy prison sentence for it. But uh-huh. I just wanted to go to come on and say it's not your guy was talking about. about well, like, people are supposed people to be like using, like, world. diggers to get them out of the wall and all sorts. Oh, yeah, you, but there's, there's numerous... Obviously, one of the worst parts about going to prison is you actually, you actually meet people that are obviously very clever but just use their brains in yeah. the wrong way, similar to the way I did it. Okay. And there's, there's numerous ways you can do it. You've got... There's numerous, numerous ways you can do yeah. it. I, um, well, don't tell us about I, all the other ways you can do it. Yeah, I, I was stupid enough when I was in the worst part of my gambling addiction to walk into a bookmaker's with a chain attached to the back of a Land Rover, put it around one of them stupid roulette machines yeah. and try to drag it out the door. Dear That's how God. angry I was with it. How, uh, and uh, how's, the gambling, how's the gambling going now? Uh, I've been gambling free since the 8th of the 9th, 2012. Well done. Excellent. So, have you got a sort of so law-abiding job now? Yes, I've had a law-abiding job my whole life. I've, I've, I've been a literally. I was a. I was. I, I literally got into a point where my gambling, where gambling just completely took over my life. Mm. Um, it became the. It. I woke up to gamble. I went. To, I didn't go to sleep to gamble. And my whole. In other words, I'd get up in the morning, whether I had ten quid or. 10 grand yeah. and go to the bookmakers and find a way of spending 12 hours a day in them and going to a casino on a Friday night and not getting home till a Tuesday morning. Wow. So it was um, it was possibly the most worst time of my life. Mm. But your obviously last caller, your last guy you spoke to mentioned a lot about how um, the people that do it are career criminals. There's a lot of desperate people in this world for many different reasons. Yeah. People are desperate because they can't afford to live. I, I, live, I live in a place that's classed as the most poverty-deprived place in England. Uh-huh. Where's uh, that? We had a United Nations in Jaywick, near Clacton. Okay. So we're basically aware the United Nations come here two weeks ago and held a meeting here about how this place is the most poverty-deprived place in the country. Really? Did um, they leave any money behind? Because yeah, they could have done that instead of having a bloody conference. Well, Donald Trump recently used photos of this place in two of his... Oh, I saw those, yeah. Yeah, but there. apparently they're old yeah. pictures, though, aren't they? They're only about four years old. Yeah, um, they're not. They're not. There, there are roads here now. So obviously, the photos that we use, there are roads here and stuff like that. Um, it is the, the place needs a lot of support. Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of people in, like especially the area where I am, um, that um, can't afford to live, and they don't. They're not a career criminal because they they become one from a child. In other words, they they, need, they, they have to go in now. You're saying poverty turns people into criminals, Shane? Yes. Well, it doesn't. It's rubbish. Anyway, thanks for your call. Uh, Shane in North Essex uh, seems to think that anyone who's poor turns to crime in order to make ends meet. I don't think that's true at all, do you? The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Yes, each Friday we cast our ears back over the past seven days of the so-called Independent Republic of Mike Graham and choose our favourite moments. And here I am again. It says former producer here. To be dishing out these awards <laughs> on behalf of Katie Perrier, who's back on Sunday on Talk Radio. Yes. Uh, let's begin. My former broadcasting partner. Yes. A lot of formers going on here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone's leaving here, <laughs> mate. <laughs> 
Um, as is tradition, uh, the first pair goes to you, Mr. Mike Graham, uh, who has been having problems giving out the studio number. Jason Haddon, uh, MBE, barrister at St Ives Chambers in Birmingham. If you've got a problem, uh, by all means, uh, get in touch and, and, and ask for some advice and try and get Jason's book if you are having to go down that particular route. But if you've got a story that you want to tell us as well, uh, we'd love to hear it. 0344-499-1000 is the problem. More of your calls coming up. <laughs> It's not a problem to call that number if you can. I think I was desperately trying not to say ring me if you want some advice on what to do in a family call. I think that was the problem. Uh, um, earlier this week, we spoke to Barrister Jason Haddon, MBE, about why more and more parents are choosing to represent themselves in court. What he also did was win the Perry Award for Shameless Plug of the Week. No, of course. And the problem as well of, of representing yourself, I presume, in court is if you're up against a well-trained barrister, then you're going to have a great deal of difficulty convincing the judge in the case, unless you've got a cast iron case, uh, because you won't think, know because you won't know how to do it. Firstly, buy my book, How to Represent Yourself in the Family Court. But, but you don't know what you're doing, Mike. <laughs> It's a bit harsh, isn't it? Fair I don't play, know what I'm doing. Play to it. Yeah, do get his book. <laughs> um, a deputy editor of the Times Educational Supplement, Ed Doral, wins a perrier for Laugh of the Week. When he was at school, one of his careers advisors asked a friend of his what she wanted to do, and she said she wanted to work with animals. So they gave her a leaflet on abattoirs. And you kind of go, well, what? you know, you're not quite, you're not, yeah, I thought it was, I didn't think it was that funny, but you know, it was ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> It, I didn't think it was that funny, to be fair, but he obviously did. Yeah, mm. uh, fair play to him. Yes. Uh, here's another one for you, Mike. Mm. Let's have a listen to your almost swear of the week. A uh, quick uh, tw- tweet from Carl. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been nasty, could have been. Luckily, the fingers were on the dump button. Oh, I love those ones. Yeah. Uh, Julia Hartley Brewer had a guest from The Apprentice the other day. It wasn't very clear whether she wanted to play the theme or not, and... For that, she had miscommunication of the week. Be well informed with The Times and The Sunday Times. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we got, I mean, Julia got one last week. I didn't know she was going to get one this week as well. <laughs> Shocking state of affairs. Wow. Um, a comedian Mark Dolan joined you on the show yesterday, mm. uh, Mike, to talk about the death of common sense. Unfortunately, he didn't have a very good phone line, he uh, but he came up with the simple solution of the week. Uh, until I read this story, was was welcome. But I'm thinking, if that's what we're going to spend our money on, which is absurd posters teaching someone to pose. Are you on yeah, O2 or something, Mark? <laughs> Why? Are you, are, you, uh, are you having a bit of trouble? Yeah, your phone, your phone keeps it? cutting out. Hopefully you're, you're not on O2, are you? No, I'm... I'm, I'm... Well, you keep cutting out. Dear, oh dear. One second, I have a very simple solution to this. Yeah, go on. What's your simple solution? Yeah. Get out. Get outside. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> His simple solution was to hang up, as it turned out. What a plank. Uh, Still. Um, it sounded like he was swearing or something, <laughs> self-editing. Uh, Francis Grove Wright from Open Britain mm. came on the show to talk about... Yeah, Brexit. And the discussion got a little heated. To reduce the tension, Mike gave us the comic relief moment of the week. No, no, guess what? The future is unknown. You have no idea whether when you walk out into the street later on today, you're going to get hit yeah. by a bus. That could happen. Yeah, I know. You can't, I know, but, you can't but, guarantee but, that it won't happen. No, you're right. But I, what I can guarantee is if I stand in the middle of the road and shut my eyes, that will I will get hit by a bus. What I'm suggesting is, is that we look both ways before we cross. 
good idea, but try doing that on Blackfriars Road. You get hit by cyclists. I promise you. The point is, <laughs> there are some very dangerous things that can happen out there, right? Uh, that was actually Matt Kelly, by the way. Oh well, so you got the, you got the name wrong. Uh, well, there'll be Shocking. words after. Yeah. It's just, uh, you can tell he's Matt Kelly because he's from Liverpool. Okay, that's and he, how you tell he's the, the only one you'll let on. Well, yeah, that's right. But there's the other guy isn't from Liverpool. Okay, I see. Um, uh, let's do uh, one. Have you lost your place? Yeah. For God's sake. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> one of the things that we pay special attention to on the show mm. is the music we play out yes. of the breaks. Our playlist is carefully curated by the team behind the glass, mm. and they've been doing an outstanding job in the last three weeks. That was also written here. Yes. Uh, Susan in Exeter has appreciated that. And on Tuesday, she gave our studio manager the compliment of the week. Well, can you stop making them so attractive because I have to start getting up and doing a boogie around the flat and it's getting ridiculous. Oh, do you mean the music that starts after every yeah, break? jingles. Oh, yeah, yeah no, that's not, that's not my choice. That is a very talented man that sits behind the glass. Yeah. Well, he is very talented. He is. Because it gets me going every time. Good. Well, I'm glad to so. hear it. See, that's what they've all said. The music's got better since you've not been here. Wow, they're not playing any more of those obscure indie bands that nobody's heard of. Yeah, you have to have the downs to have the ups, as I always say. Yeah, true. Uh, uh, Paddy, we haven't had any downs since you've been away. Don't worry, they'll return next week. Uh, Paddy in Suffolk is one of our regular listeners. Well, maybe not this time. He is, he, here's the irony of the listener who doesn't really listen. I want them to not only send me a letter, but they need to really send me a very large cheque as well for the use of my data. Your suggestion is, I suggest people Or you can just ignore me completely. Spoof. Hey? There's a site called The Onion, a very famous... The Onion, yes, I'm aware of that. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't listening to anything I said. Very, very bad news. Uh, the top guest of the week is, without a doubt, Santa Claus. Uh, he came on the show to prove his own existence. Yes. Uh, but he also won the Perrier for Best Impression of the Week of Jim from the Vicar of Dibley. Uh, remortgaging the North Pole. Oh, good. I'm glad you're not, I'm glad you're not buying up all their uh, Pierre Cardin shirts for Christmas presents. Uh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> Although a lot of people tweeted and asked if it was Tyson Fury. He sounded a bit like him as well. But there we are. Well, have you ever seen the two in the same room? I haven't, no. Mm, no. Wow. Um, Very large Santa Claus, that would be. <laughs> um, and the last one this week is also for you, Mark. Mm. Uh, here's the perrier for obvious question of the week. I, I was at a party once where a rather junior member of the royal family asked mm. somebody to address them as your royal highness. Really? And he was very much given short shrift. And told really? by the person that I was with... Uh, is that a dog? Uh, yes, and it's not corgis. I'll quickly add. <laughs> Sounds like a corgi. <laughs> Didn't get to finish the story. You know, never mind. Um, there'll be more of the Perry Awards next week. The 2018 Perry Awards on Talk Radio. You'll be back next week properly, won't you? Yeah, from Tuesday. You're finished with your... Uh, Stockholm Syndrome VIP, scenario. Jungle VIP podcast. Have you had a good Downloaded. time doing that? Yeah, we had got Jamie Redknapp on this week. Did well, you? Well worth a listen. Talk about his father in the jungle. Oh, okay. Is he, he's going to win it, Harry? Yeah, definitely. You think? It's he, his to lose. It is his to lose, mm. isn't it? Yeah. I it think, looks... uh, don't rule out James from the Vamps, a very big following. Oh, really? Voting for him. Oh, that's that. true, yeah, because, mm. I mean, Harry Redknapp may not have a big Twitter following is one of those things that mm. they say, isn't it, that wins you the, uh, the whole thing. Well, thank you very much indeed for You're coming welcome. in on a Friday, and we'll see you next week. See ya. 
Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. So if you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.